0: Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Today, we observe All Saints Day, which is my absolute favorite lesser festival in the church year. Yes, I have a favorite lesser festival, and we'll just assume that means I landed in the right place when I went to seminary. In the Lutheran Church, when we talk about saints, we really just mean people. There are no qualifications to be considered a saint, save one in our tradition, that you're baptized. You do not have to pray 5,000 times a day. All whose foreheads have been marked with the cross of Christ and sealed with the Holy Spirit are saints. We're sinners too, but thankfully and by God's grace, We are saints. On All Saints Day, we celebrate that we're saints, each and every one of us, gifts and flaws and complexities and all. We give thanks to God for the saints in our lives, particularly those who have died in the past year and those who have been baptized in the past year. And I love it. I love that it gives us space to mourn our dead when society frequently pushes people to move on too quickly. I love that it gives us the opportunity to give thanks for those saints in our lives who help us grow in faith. I love that it reminds us of the promises that we cling to. That there will be a time when death is no more and God will wipe away every tear. I love that this festival tells us again that we are children of God and are blessed even if it doesn't feel or particularly look that way in our lives sometimes. Because it often doesn't feel like we're blessed when we are mourning. To be honest, it doesn't really feel blessed to be poor in spirit, either. Scholars debate what poor in spirit means, but the general consensus seems to be that it indicates humbleness. But we live in a world that often says might makes right and mocks being humble far more than it lauds it. Meekness is similarly not considered a desirable trait. No self-help program encourages you to become meek. So much of what the world claims is weak and is undesirable, Jesus says, are the very things that honor God. Seeking God, hungering and thirsting for righteousness and justice, being merciful having a pure heart, being a peacemaker. Reverend Matthew Meyer Bolton, a professor at Harvard, imagined what the Beatitudes would sound like if society wrote them. He wrote, blessed are the rich in things and in self-assurance. Blessed are those untouched by loss. Blessed are the powerful. Blessed are those who are realistic about righteousness compromising at every turn. Blessed are those who demand and exact an eye for an eye. Blessed are the crafty and opportunistic. Blessed are those bold enough to make war. Blessed are those who, doing good things, receive many accolades. Blessed are those who, following Jesus, are widely praised and adored. That's how the world often used the terms blessed. No one looks at the suffering of others and thinks, that person is blessed. It goes against our instincts. We like to claim that being blessed by God means that we are healthy, at least reasonably wealthy and wise. We feel assured of God's presence, even God's favor, when things go well for us. Any one of us could probably come up with mountains of evidence for that interpretation, and the occasional Bible verse might even help our cause. While Jesus' audience wasn't hearing it from the same place that we are, it would have been similar in a lot of ways. So Jesus' words would have shocked them, too. The Beatitudes are so counterintuitive, they're sometimes hard to believe. They might be impossible for us to believe, except we have been made a part of the communion of saints, the co-union of saints, so that by God's grace and mercy, we are joined to one another and to God. It is no longer my story and your story, but our story, and our story collectively teaches us the truth of Jesus' words. Our story tells of a God who loves us so much that God became flesh and lived among us. We learn what God's kingdom looks like by looking at one another, and from the saints in other times and other places. Our stories, our story, tells of a God who is present in particularly remarkable ways during our hardest moments and our starkest pain. Our stories, our story, tells of a God who is most powerful in our weakness. Reading about God's love is one thing, but experiencing God's love is what transforms us. Sometimes, experiencing God is handed down from on high, but more often, it comes through a thoughtful card or a kind word. A shared meal or a prayer said on our behalf a moment of forgiveness that we didn't expect or deserve. I learned how you can be both blessed and poor in spirit from Jesus' mother, Mary, a humble young woman who accepted the difficult responsibility God gave her with dignity. I also learned it from my grandfather, who was brilliant and unassuming and joyful. I read about how you can be blessed as you mourn When Mary and Martha took all of their grief and all of their questions to Jesus and he wept with them. One of the many times I've seen that truth firsthand is when a dear friend lost her son and she was surrounded by God's people. Meals, hugs, tears, prayers, God's presence was palpable in that space. I know that the meek are blessed because of Jesus who, because he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be used for personal gain. I also know it because my nana was both strong and willing to sacrifice a great many things to improve the lives of those around her. The blessings of hungering and thirsting for righteousness are apparent in King David's story, who helped an entire kingdom flourish when he was seeking God's will above all else. Rosa Parks' hunger and thirst for righteousness led her to take a bold stand. And once again, those blessings extended to many because of it. The way mercy blesses the giver became apparent in the Old Testament story of Joseph, forgiving his brothers for selling him into slavery. God's work through the merciful was stunning as I watched the loved ones of the church shooting in Charleston some years back commit to forgiving the murderer of their friends and family during a Bible study. John the Baptist showed that being pure of heart can change history. Even when your brand of pure in heart is particularly fiery. Jean, an organist I worked with for years, also showed me this. Her constant efforts to honor Christ improved the lives of so many that she met. Through Moses' effort to free the Hebrew people from slavery, I found that being a peacemaker is indeed blessed. Moses and his siblings, Aaron and Miriam, taught me that there is no peace without justice, and the work of peacemaking is often incredibly demanding. Archbishop Desmond Tutu's life is one of countless scents that shows us that peacemaking remains difficult work, but blessed work, work that honors and pleases God. Jesus shows us that God remains faithful even during persecution. Jesus' death and resurrection assures us that if we undergo the worst persecution, it won't be the end of our story. All will be redeemed Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. is just one of many who have reminded us that God's work is worth standing up for, even when the costs are high. Life is full, so we will not escape suffering. Sometimes we mourn, and we hurt, and we cry, and we struggle. But we do not do it alone. Indeed, we never have. We are surrounded by the saints. We are immersed in a story much bigger than our own. God unites us with believers in all times and in all places through the mysterious gifts of communion and community. Every single one of us is connected in this communion of saints, knit into it at our baptism, strengthened in it at communion itself, and a million different experiences besides the expanse that covers, of varying opinions and demographics and the geography and experiences. It's breathtaking that God unites us all. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. What a gift to be named a saint by God What a gift to have so many saints who help us learn how to live into that name. The saints inspire us. They pray for us. They believe for us when our doubt is great. They rejoice with us and cry with us. They teach us Sunday school and bring us meals when we're mourning and greet us with a smile on Sunday morning and teach us how to serve our neighbors. They make us more Christ-like, and we, God willing, do the same for some of them. We'll promise to do just that as Andrew, Adelaide, and Kenny are baptized and named children of God in a few minutes. And when the saints we love are gone, their witness lives on in us. And their stories aren't over because God's story isn't over. Ours won't be over either. So we thank God that someday, every tear will be wiped away, and we'll all gather around the throne of God together. Until that day, we thank God that we are surrounded by so many who remind us of God's promises and God's love. Amen.